Welcome back to Top Quartile for um, a really exciting episode, kind of a, a keystone episode of the year where we brought back guests that were on the show through the year or, or before and uh, really asked for them for their insights. You know, you, it's it's this time of year you see a lot of uh, pundits weighing in on key trends. Well, this, this is your peers, uh, some respected colleagues across the industry in different roles, different geographies, uh, weighing in on some key trends they're watching uh, and, and providing their insight, you know, from the front lines of growth. And so uh, really happy to have them, them on the show and, uh, and prepare uh, for, to, to be blown away. So uh, Janelle, first up. As we looked into 2023, um, gosh, a key trend. I don't know if you can call these trends anymore because they're just table stakes, but data, data, data is so important. Um, but using it and taking action with the data. And I think as um, we're delving into it and getting more sophisticated, you know, really making sure that you're talking to the right people in the right place in the right time. And we've talked about this forever, but I think this next year, even though we may not go into a recession, the feeling or the uncertainty that many people might feel economically this next year. It's really about using the data to be helpful to them. Know where they are in their financial journey. Make sure you're there to support them in their needs at this time. That's the best thing we can do as credit unions. That's what we are poised to do as credit unions. So I'm thinking next year, really taking that data to really be that helpful guide to our members and potential members is going to be an important and helpful trend for next year. Janelle, uh, so very well said. I mean, that's a constant theme from several years. In an in a uncertain environment, it's it's uh, even more important to have really key insight on the things that matter, the things that drive performance, that matter to customers, matter to employees, and, and uh, certainly to shareholders. And so uh, very well said in terms of foundation for key trends into 2023. Uh, next up, Kim. Well, I, I, I think everyone was, was trying to look at 2022 being sort of COVID left behind, but in, in, in sort of the big mountains of, 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 of struggles, but it, there's a lot of, a lot of challenges for 2023. This interest rate environment, although beneficial in a lot of ways to banks, it creates other pressures. So I just I see just an increasing complexity in terms of the issues that bank boards and boards in general will be mining through versus, oh, we got over the cliff and now we're kind of, you know, on the other side. I, I, it's it's it, it's almost like we're actually taking a step up in complexity and it's just a different kind. And it's not one thing we can point to like COVID. It's it's a it's a mishmash of variety of competing factors. So that's what I see into 2023. Yeah, Kim, so great to have the board perspective on on all some of these key trends that everybody's uh, thinking about this year. So thanks so much for that. Uh, Tim? Trends for 2023, really what happened in 2022 is, is, is just a precursor to what to expect for next year. We don't, a big question mark, uh, you know, is the economy gonna go into recession? If it does, how does it impact unemployment? Uh, how does that impact credit quality? Are we going into more of a, a, of a down credit cycle? How's that going to impact uh, the ability to grow loan portfolios? How's that going to impact our funding needs on the deposit side? Uh, huge pricing implications on both sides. Um, and just so just a lot of question marks. 
I think it makes relationship banking as a strategy more critical because you're not uh, at the whim of or dependent on pure price-based growth. You can grow based on trust, history, relationship that you've built with your customers, your members. Uh, And um, so again, it goes back to the need for the discipline of data analytics and making data informed decisions is, is greater than it's ever been. And of course, we're here to help our, our partners, our clients to do that by bringing a third party view, uh, to really hone in on how do we best address what's in front of us today and be prepared for what might happen tomorrow. Tim, thanks for that. Very well said. Um, we know some of the key themes, the specifics are going to you know, unfold with data. And so great point building on your agility comment uh, for lesson learned on having a systematic strategy that can be adjusted uh, very rapidly. And, and we got a lot of tools that, uh, now and uh, that are data driven. So uh, fantastic perspective. Uh, Douglas? So key trend to 2023, hopefully, is uh, you know, the continued decline of inflation, but then also uh, labor market concerns. That is something where... You know, regardless of which industry I'm talking to, whether it's transportation, healthcare, or you know, leisure and hospitality, that every every industry and especially employers are concerned about you know labor market of you know not only getting good employees but then also the engagement of employees. We've been through you know very you know tumultuous times. I know the word unprecedented has been used uh, probably an unprecedented amount of times. But because of that, you know, everybody is looking for good workers, trying to hold on to the works they have. And then now you see, you know, with tech firms, you see a lot of laying off of uh, and firing of workers. So you're seeing, you know, a continued tumultuous time in the labor market. And so that's something that, you know, I know I'm keeping my eye on, eye on for 2023. Douglas, thanks so much for your perspective. Awesome to have you back on the show and, uh, and really appreciate that. Next. What's coming up for 2023? I mean, uh, that's a $64 million question, isn't it? Uh, you know, I think uh, we're all uncertain what the macro macroeconomic environment will hold in 2023. There's lots of good, there's good signals, there's bad signals. I think everybody's nervous. Um, but the thing that comes to my mind in those moments is kind of related maybe to what I've, what I've been learning is like, how do you set the stage for yourself for when things turn around, right? It's kind of like, Maybe it's like training in the off season for an athlete or somebody compared to me like, yeah, you want to, you want to fix your boat up when it's out of the water. Cause it's, you know, it's not boating season. Like I think that the idea of like, how do I take the moments when things look risky? And maybe if I'm a lender, I'm not interested in, in growing my lending book portfolio right now, or maybe my, my volumes are down a little bit or the capital markets are a little, little hesitant. And so things are slowing down. But the question of like, how do I both increase my operational capacity, but also be ready? for when things turn around. Because if there's anything I'm confident of for 2023, it's kind of this too shall pass, right? Like good times will come back at some point. Uh, the economy will turn around and we'll start to see the opportunities for growth. In that moment, um, when things turn, like those who are ready to take advantage of it have a tremendous advantage and opportunity um, to take advantage of that moment when when the tides turn and opportunity is present. And if you've, if you've prepared yourself for that moment, you really have an opportunity. If you waited until that moment to start preparing, well, <laughs> it's a little more challenging. So I think the the theme for me next year will be, you know, how are we being more operationally efficient? How are we getting smarter about what we do? And how are we laying the groundwork for when things change and things get better and being ready to kind of hit the ground running uh, as soon as the moment is right? Because I think it's coming pretty soon. 
Yeah, Jeff, uh, very well said. Sort of that continuous improvement mindset, focus, discipline uh, to to be constantly improving is is, is really essential in times of economic uh, softness. So, uh, thanks for that. Uh, next up, Gentry for trends. I think uh, you know on on top of the NIL stuff, I think that will continue to be. Um, something that gets bigger and bigger as universities, um, you know, explore that out more with their players, or 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 that players explore that out more in their their agents, not necessarily the universities. But um, I think that will become a, a bigger thing. Is that seeing more players are looking for those opportunities as they um, get into their schools in in all types of sports, and I think there's opportunities across the board. Um, not just with you know football or basketball, but uh, a lot more opportunities to utilize some of the social influencing side um, of these uh, collegiate athletes with the NIL agreements. And I think on the media side, where I <clears throat> excuse me, where I directly work on our paid media at Mountain America is uh, there's there's always trends we're watching and things that as they adjust. Or um, I think two of the things I'd point out with as of you know a federal credit union. We've had some, you know, some regulation has made targeting harder on the on the social media targeting side. You know, how are we segmenting our audiences to make sure we get the most out of our, you know, our ad dollars? And we've we've found, uh, you know, I think a trend that will continue to happen is as Facebook and other social um, inf- or social media companies develop out their algorithms better. I think we'll be able to better rely on their algorithms and not just the targeting that we've lost from certain, you know, regulations that come out that we, we, you know, we're, uh, you know, we we promote mortgages and credit and these things. And so there's more restrictions on how we target those things now to make sure that, you know, it's um, equally advertised to all different groups. And so that's fine. Now it's just how do we find the ways to continue to get the best uh, or the most out of our ad dollars uh, in that, so that will be a trend going into 2023, you know, and, and developing that out and being being better in our targeting. And then on the traditional side is, we're still seeing a lot of our traditional media. You know, we're we're still seeing things do strong in, in radio and TV, but where we are watching now though is that the streaming side, the OTT, the over the top, connected TV on the CTV side, are outperforming, you know, some of the traditional media or traditional TV. Um, buys and but those things as they go hand in hand together to reach the audiences however they're watching tv there's there's going to be more of that it can be easy to be a really annoying ad and that you know when some of these that are new you see these national advertisers have a you know a frequency of you know maybe 15 times a day you might see the same ad and it gets frustrating or annoying or, or you know you that that can be a poor look on the brand and more will happen around how do we control and have limits to that frequency in some of these new uh, mediums, these new streaming platforms, and make sure we're stretching our dollars across all of them. Gentry, well said. There's a lot of exciting things happening in streaming TV and giving uh, com- particularly community-focused uh, banks or credit unions a, a big advantage of being able to precisely target a message and get some of that emotional impact of uh, you know kind of big video without the expense of traditional, you know, kind of linear TV and also the, with a lot more insight on tracking. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're really excited to work with, with clients on those evolutions as well. So very well said. All right. Uh, next up. With the way that rates have moved, we've, we've really not experienced a rate cycle like this in some period of time. Uh, Fed funds is higher now than it has been. 
uh, anytime since all the way back to the tail end of 2006, 20, beginning of 2007. Um, and what we're seeing a lot and a lot of conversations that we're having with clients now is um, the, the need to go back to market and aggressively solicit for deposits. And frankly, those are muscles that haven't been used in a while. Uh, for the last couple of years, really, the push has been on to grow loans, grow loans, grow loans. There's a lot of liquidity in the, in the system. That's certainly changed. It's 180 degrees different uh, almost overnight, it feels like. Um, and so what we're trying to get folks to focus on is, you know, you haven't done this in a while. Don't reach for the Hail Mary right away. Don't reach for let's go with aggressive rates and go to the top of the market because we've got to get money in here fast. Um, we use data, client, our client's data to really identify relational based opportunities. And within that, you can achieve the same types of deposit growth goals that you want to achieve and do it at a significantly lower price. And the answer is in the data. We can share that. We've got lots of case studies. And that's what we've been encouraging folks to think about right now. Yeah, Rick, uh, thanks for that perspective. Uh, you know, awesome insights and, uh, you know, uh, really important uh, points to consider. So next up, Sean. So this one is a very interesting uh, topic because there is no doubt that when you basically uh, double or triple interest rates in about a 90 to 120 day period, it is going to have an impact on the economy. And that's the desire, right? I mean, we're sitting here with extremely high inflation. And so the Fed believes that the way to lower inflation is to increase interest rates and to kind of dry up the the uh, economic demand that is out there and and i personally believe that um, that might not be the answer i'm afraid that the real problem is one of uh, workforce and one of supply chain and so even though we continue increasing interest rates it doesn't really seem to be impacting inflation a whole lot so I have a little bit of a concern that what's going to happen is we're going to increase interest rates. We're going to look over here and go, man, inflation's not really moving. And so all of a sudden, uh, that is not a great uh, combination. What we have chosen to do, however, so, so I think what you're going to see, I think you're going to see winners and losers here. The winners uh, of this 2023 economy are going to be uh, people that live on a fixed income is going to allow them to earn more, which is great. Uh, the thing that I have not liked about our rate scenario over the last five or six years has been we can't pay anybody anything on their money and, and still make a margin because borrowing costs were so low. So so that's, that's a positive. I also think that um, we are going to begin to see, we're, we're starting to see, for example, construction costs come down. So I think we're going to see building uh, start to resume again because construction costs are coming back in line. I think we're going to see certain industries uh, do better. Uh, we have an insurance division that is looking very promising for next year. I think medical, we have a medical a banking division that continues to look very uh, promising for next year. So I think how on the flip side, however, I think we're going to see residential real estate uh, come to a grinding halt because people aren't going to want to pay seven or eight percent for a mortgage when they just got locked in at two and a half or two and three quarters um, a year ago. 
So I think, and I think building is going to slow. And so I think that whole industry is going to be, and everything attached to it is going to be uh, impacted. The way that we choose to look at these types of um, scenarios are opportunity. And because there's two ways in, in, in our industry, in the banking industry, you can look at this one way, which is, oh man, the economy is going to slow down. We need to tighten up our credit, you know, uh, criteria, make fewer loans, be very, very careful and just minimize our losses and just batten down the hatches. And that is what I believe a lot of our competitors are going to do. Back in 08, 09, and 10, and I don't think this is going to be that severe, but that was our last kind of real um, recession, if you will. We were able to secure hundreds of new clients because the flip side of this time in our industry is when times are really, really good, no, nobody has any reason to change banks because everything they need is being taken care of, rates are all low across the board. Why would you ever make a move? But now all of a sudden, hey, I need operating capital and my bank is getting a little bit shifty or deciding that they don't want to do it. There is a real differentiator in relationship. So we have augmented our capital levels. Um, we go into this time uh, very, very strong financially, and we are going to look at this as well, honey time. And so I can tell you what we're going to be doing. I have completely uh, restructured the bank such that um, I have elevated two of my executive officers, and now everybody is going to report up to those two. Those two are going to report to me. Currently, I have like 10 direct reports. I'm going down to two because I am freeing up my time where I am going to go well, honey. I'm going to be the only CEO in our region that is on the streets out there knocking on doors and saying, listen, if you run into any challenges with your bank, give me a call. Here's my cell phone and uh, we will take good care of you. So interestingly, I'm kind of excited about 23. Um, it's going to be different. We have a lot of headwinds from a budget perspective. We're trying to shoot for a 15th record year in a row. And so everything's going to have to go just right to make all this work. But I think we'll bring on a lot of new relationships. And uh, I love being on the street and meeting new people. And uh, so for me, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the year ahead. All right. Thanks so much, Sean. You really brought home the big picture, talked about a lot of those things and emphasized that, uh, you know, in, in going into 2023, having that well oiled team, uh, people in the right spots that, that align to their gifts and their strengths and are working together, communicating, supporting each other, but ultimately, you know, focused on kind of their part of the playbook that they're the best equipped uh, to do. And so it was awesome to host Top Quartile this year uh, and 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 talk to so many bright people um, that we work with in the industry, uh, the perspectives, the talent. Um, and as, as we, and we think about, uh, 2023, it's exciting to be on your team. Uh, we think about gifts and strengths. Uh, we're excited to bring, um, our data-driven expertise, some of our digital, uh, targeted, uh, capabilities to help, uh, you add capabilities that you, that you may not have enough of, uh, or round out a team. 
uh, or add that paper performance aspect and really help be part of the growth story in a very uncertain environment. And so that agility, using data, using digital, uh, using uh, emerging tools like OTT, TV streaming, those are all you know going to be key ingredients in the growth playbook uh, as we twist and turn and, and react to uh, evolving uh, customer needs, uh, the macroeconomic environment, the interest rate environment, all those things uh, that everybody talked about. And so uh, happy holidays, happy new year. Uh, really great. We're energized to, to face uh, 2023 together and, and happy to be on your team. Uh, and if we're not yet on your team, we'd love to be part of your team. So uh, thanks and, and uh, signing off.